So today, um, we're not necessarily exploring Native American spirituality, but what we are is celebrating Earth Day, which officially was yesterday. But I'd like to make a suggestion that since we live here, every day is Earth Day. And every day that we forget it's Earth Day is a day that we are doing a disservice to ourselves because ultimately we cannot harm the Earth, but we can kick ourselves right off of it. <laughs> so um, that's this idea, is, is the Earth worthy of love? Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? But we forget the Earth is our mother. We are born from it. In the Bible, it says ashes to ashes and dust to dust. We, we come up from earth and we go back to earth in a very literal way. And I think sometimes we've just forgotten how to love the earth. So I want to talk about a few of those things today. Um, first of all, sort of a history of the Earth. Did you know that the plants happened way before animals, like millions and millions and millions of years of plants had to grow in order to create an atmosphere that could support animals on land? We had to have enough oxygen for life as we know it to exist. And the trees, y'all, breathe us. The trees breathe us. If we don't have trees exchanging the carbon dioxide that we bring out into, that we breathe out into oxygen that we can breathe in, then we die. It's just a fact. So when we cut down trees, are we not cutting down part of God's body? And to whose detriment? Ultimately, if there's one tree left, more trees will grow. But if there's only one tree left, we won't. <laughs> we won't. <clears throat> and did you know that trees can be altruistic? There's been a lot of research done, and I just love this, that groves of trees will take energy, the older trees will take energy and nourishment from themselves underground to feed the roots of a young or a sick or languishing tree. Did you know that? Is that cool? So the trees are kind of better behaved than we are <laughs> a lot of the time. A lot of the time. Did you know that dogs can feel emotions? Elephants can feel emotions. Cats can feel emotions. Animals can feel emotions. It cracks me up that if you read any of the literature, it says, well, for the last several thousand years, we've assumed that animals can't feel. I'm like, was no one just paying attention? What? <laughs> What's that about? Of course they feel. Of course they feel. And as I shared with you last week, that when we make a decision, when we come to a choice point, it is our feeling brain, our emotional brain that makes the choice, and then our rational brain sort of rationalizes that choice until and unless we learn to take a pause, a pause between the stimulus and the reaction. And so we are reacting from the same emotional place that our dogs and cats are reacting. We make decisions based a lot on the same stuff. You can call it instinct, but it is instinct guided by what is felt in the moment. I just think that's beautiful. And did you know that plants 
respond to kind words. A lot of studies in the 70s about people talking to their plants, plants who are spoken to, plants that um, have Mozart played to them, thrive. Unfortunately, plants that have the Rolling Stones played to them don't do so well. <laughs> Just saying. And here's the deal. We tend to think of those things as lesser beings. We certainly tend to think, well, we're more important than trees, <laughs> but we don't exist without trees. We're more important than animals. Oh yeah, we are animals. We are animals. The difference between us and animals is we have consciousness, is that we can pause between whatever the stimulus is and choose our response. That's the difference. And if we don't use that faculty, then there is no difference. There is no difference. And so Jesus said, you have learned that they were told an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But what I tell you is this, forgive your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Why did he say that? Because instinct is, you put, you put out my eye, I'm putting out your eye. You put out my friend's eye, I'm putting out your eye. You put out my dog's eye, I'm putting out your eye. That is our instinct guided by emotion. But what makes us different, only if we choose to employ that faculty, what makes us different is the ability to go, wait a minute, if I put out your eye, you're gonna hit me back, and then I'm gonna hit you back, and then both of us are gonna be bloody. And what good is that gonna do anyone? It says in the big book, we trample on the feet, on the toes of our fellows without knowing what it is we're doing. And they retaliate seemingly without any provocation. How's that happen? Why is he so mad at me? Because we go around trampling on the toes of our fellows because we're not paying attention. And basically that whole reading from uh, Chief Standing Bear was about paying attention paying attention to the earth. And it is very easy when we live in an urban environment to forget that we don't breathe because we have air conditioning. We breathe because there are plants and trees. So here's the deal, y'all. It's a hard truth to face, and it's true across the animal kingdom. We kill in order to live. And if you are a vegetarian and refuse to kill animals, good on you. But what we know is that plants feel also. Plants are living things. They're alive often when we put them into our mouths, if we haven't cooked them first. They're living things. And so we kill, we incorporate living things into our beings in order to live. And I think that's what it means in Genesis where it said man shall have dominion. It doesn't mean we have the right to just do whatever we want. It was, it's the, the idea that in order to live, yes, this is what we do. This, it's just the way it is. It's not the way it should be. It's the way it is. But this is not shameful, y'all. It's not shameful. But it calls for our paying attention. It calls for our gratitude 
to that which allows us to keep living. It calls for our respect. Yeah? It calls for our respect. So um, to have dominion over something means to serve it. Yes, we are eating the fruit from the tree, but if we don't also allow some fruit to fall to the ground or plant it somewhere, then we will have no more fruit to eat. That's something that we've learned, right? Um, so to have dominion is to serve. To, and I would say today for us especially, because we are so far removed from nature in so many ways, for us to challenge our assumptions definitely challenge the assumptions of our culture. We seem to be living under an assumption that everything's going to be fine no matter what we do. And once again, I'll tell you, I don't mean to preach, but it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> no matter what we do, the earth is going to bring itself back, but it may be too late for us. Just saying. So, the main assumption that I think we need to challenge is the assumption that only some things matter. Because everything matters. Everything matters. Every decision we make, every choice, every step we take, everything we eat, everything we don't eat, matters for our bodies, it matters to what we're eating. Everything we waste, it matters. It matters. And so, um, once again, this is not about shame, but it's about gratitude and respect. For instance, just to show you a juxtaposition of how um, one way of living in, li in life in touch with the earth is contrasted with a different way of living life. Did you know that it is estimated that there were 10 to 20 million buffalo on the earth, on North America, on the land that our country lives on right now. And we came down to where there were way less than a thousand in about 15 years, less than that, in about 10 years. That's what we can do with our choices because I don't know if you know about this, but when we got um, railroad tracks to go across the country, sport was that people would sit in the train and, and since there were giant herds of buffalo, they would just shoot them for sport and leave their bodies there to rot. And no wonder the native peoples thought we were savages. What a horrible thing to do. Basically saying, you don't matter. Your life doesn't matter. Contrast that with the Indians the Native Americans who used the buffalo, who ate the buffalo, who used the buffalo skins, who used the entrails of the buffalo, who made basically water bottles out of, its out of some of its organs, who used every single bit. And they used every single bit because that was respectful not to waste. And anything that couldn't be immediately used by humans then gets turned back into the earth and it becomes fodder for growing things. The whole buffalo. 
We almost killed off an entire species in 10 years because we had a consciousness that it was no big deal. The Dust Bowl, what happened there? when we went through a horrible depression because no food would grow and there were sandstorms everywhere. It was because we kept taking things from the earth without putting anything back. There's so much land here, who cares? When this one gets used up, we'll just go to the next field. We don't have to let it lie fallow. We don't have to fertilize it. We don't have to add nutrients back into it. We'll just move somewhere else. And we moved to so many places that pretty much for several years, for many years, we basically almost killed ourselves by having not enough to eat. Many, 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 many people died during that time. Other people were forced to move and live under very, very difficult conditions. We did that to ourselves. No one did that to us. And I'm not saying this to shame or blame. I'm saying this to call our attention and our awareness to that. Because if we say, I want to live in love, when we say in this church that my God is a God of love and I want to follow that, then my unloving acts are a lie. Think about that for a moment. And so what does that have to do with our spirituality? Everything. Everything. The main tenet of this church is the understanding that we are all one. We appear to be separate beings, but we are completely interrelated. We are completely interdependent. We are part of one organism, and that includes the planet, and it includes the plants, and it includes the animals, and it includes the air, and it includes the sky, and it includes space. We are one. We are one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's very powerful to me because what it says is, if there was nothing there before and God created this energy and power of love, right? That is God created. What did God create out of? There was nothing but God. God created out of love. You are God in form. Everything is created from the substance of that. And then evolved into lots of beautiful and different and varying things over, over the amount of time that we can't even imagine. And yet, it was destined. Here we are. Here we are. The Buddhists say that the fact that you were born means it is a one out of a billion, 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 billionth of a chance to have human life. We don't often treat it like that. We don't often treat human life like that. Is your life that precious? Yes. Yes. Don't let anyone make you think any differently from that. Yes, you are that precious. So, as we become more aware of living on this earth, of taking from the earth, and of this idea that we must give back to it, what the Native Americans did, if they took anything, they gave something back for it. 
And it was ritual, and yet it was important, not because of what they gave back necessarily, but because their giving back was about their consciousness. And that is why Native Americans still to this day, many carry tobacco. It was a sacred herb to them. And so if they pull up something from the ground, either they will plant something else or they will sprinkle tobacco. Is that so that the earth gets tobacco? No, it's so that the person remembers, I took this and I owe something back. I'm here to not just receive, I'm here to give. What happens if you only receive? You get full, you get constipated. Spiritually, you can't move anymore. It, your innards don't work, literally and, and, and um, metaphorically. And so, what I would ask you to ask yourself as you go out from here is, are you using temporary things? Are you using temporary things? Do you know what I mean by that? If it is truly temporary, that means it goes back into the earth and is resorbed. Otherwise, it is permanent. If you call it a paper plate and you put it in the trash and you wrap it in plastic, it is not temporary. It is permanent because the plastic will not decompose and neither will the paper inside it, probably. And even if it does, it won't be added back to the earth unless the plastic gets torn asunder. So is it temporary or is it permanent? And so many of the things we use today and we think are temporary are actually permanent. And it hurts because the things that are permanent that we throw away will permanently affect generations to come and are permanently affecting us now. They already are. They already are, y'all. So uh, if it's real temporary, it means it, it is replaceable, right? Because if you are using resources that are not replaceable, um, then it's still not temporary. You've destroyed something permanently. So if it's temporary, it's replaceable. Replaceable plus time means that it will regrow if we put it back into the earth. And we also have to think about time. How much time do we have? Bamboo needs a lot less time to grow than wood does. And we rely more on trees than we do on bamboo for our lives, not just for our paper, not just for our furniture, but for our lives. And this word away, this word away gives me a lot of pain. When you throw something away, I want to ask you to consider where is away? Where is away? Away from you. Away means it's somewhere. It's in the earth, it's in the water, or it's in the air. Those are the only places it can go, right? Earth, water, or air. I threw it away. Um, no, you didn't. You put it at a distance from yourself so you don't have to think about it. Yikes, is this depressing? 
Yes, it keeps me up at night. And here's the thing, y'all. Can we not use any products today? Is that possible? I don't know that it is. Even the people who go off the grid, you know, stack up um, with lanterns and coal oil and, you know, what, whatever else to, to, in order to live off the grid. Even, um, and no matter what, they have to burn wood if they want heat or burn something else. Yeah, we've, we, it's impossible. We, what did I say before? That we live, we kill to live, we kill to live. We do. Um, and it's not possible to do everything. And one person certainly cannot. And so what the preaching about is about today and what it's about all the time is progress, not perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. We won't reach it on this earthly plane. But can we do better? When we know better, we do better. And so by scaring the waddling out of you today, I'm just hoping to give you some facts to help you know better so that you can be aware and possibly choose better. And we don't even always know what the choice is, y'all. This is real difficult because it's like, well, paper or plastic? Do I kill a tree or do I put a, a, something permanent into a landfill that will never break down? Neither of them is great, paper or plastic, paper or plastic, but um, we can bring a cloth bag with us and replace and not have to make that choice, paper or plastic. But sometimes you're somewhere and you don't have your cloth bag. What do you do? Paper or plastic? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. When I bought my new car, um, I wanted a hybrid so it would get better gas mileage. And I was researching them and I found out that the battery that has to be used in order to run a hybrid car or an electric car is so hard on the environment as they mine the minerals that it takes to make the battery. Ah! I don't know. I don't know, but here's what I think. I am more in tune with all that is, with the one, with God, with myself, with other people, if I at least ask the question and do the best I can. Ask the question, do the best I can. So here's all I ask you today. Pay attention. Just pay attention. So many things we unthinkingly do wouldn't even occur to us. Pay attention. Beware. Be aware. And then when you're aware, perhaps reevaluate. If you reevaluate one thing, that's progress. You reevaluate one thing that's, pro that's progress. And because when we reevaluate, we begin to prioritize differently. Is it really important for me to not have to wash dishes? Or can I not use a stack of styrofoam plates that are here forever? Pardon me, forever. Styrofoam ought to be outlawed forever so that I don't have to spend 20 minutes washing dishes. Or 30 minutes or an hour, I don't know. Is it? Every once in a while, I will use paper plates because that just seems to be the best I can do at the moment. And that is all you were ever called on to do.
the best you can do. Be the best that you can be. We prioritize and that helps us change habits. So we take life to live. So what we can do when we realize that we're doing something permanent is to do something, give something in return. Give something in return. If we know that the plastic we use and we don't know how else to get the product that we need to do the thing we need to do without buying it in plastic, which happens, y'all, there are more options becoming available, but that happens, then when you know that plastic is likely to end up in the water, what can you do? Maybe give some money or some volunteer time to an organization that is helping people have clean water that's helping to clean up the oceans. Perhaps, that's just one idea out of millions, but think about what you may be able to give in return, to promote, and think about it as ritual sacrifice. It may be as small as sprinkling some tobacco, but your awareness, your consciousness, is where your soul lives, y'all, and so, you are doing good for your soul when you simply bring it into awareness and do the best you can. I am doing the best I can, and the best I can often falls way short of perfection, even way short possibly of what is needed. You don't know until you know. There's so many things that I thought I was doing really good on. I recycle. Well, guess what? Recycling uses energy. Recycled things don't always get recycled. Those are two things. And so avoid using something that needs to be recycled. Or then reuse it until it's dead. Don't just get a new one and replace it thinking it's temporary. And after you've reused it till it's dead, then try to recycle it. Repurpose it. And only after all of that, put it in the trash and let it get thrown away, which means into the earth and probably and eventually into the air and water. Yikes. But here's the deal. This is not to make you feel bad. This is to make you know that everything that you do that is positive is a way of your soul saying, I get it. We are one. I'm not better than any other human being. I'm not better than the animals or the trees. I am dependent upon all of that. I am part of the one, the one, y'all. Do you know what that means? My human mind can't figure out exactly what that means, but the closest I can come is unconditional, eternal love. That we are all in this together, and everything that any of us does for our good is for the good of everyone. Yeah. And that means... Culturally, emotionally, um, literally, and figuratively in all kinds of ways, everything we do that is good brings good. And here's the other thing that I know, and this is kind of an esoteric spiritual principle, but bear with me. Love vibrates at so much a higher energy than anything below it, than hate, than anger, than um, apathy, that it only takes a little love to overcome a lot of something else. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever been in a situation where a very small amends, a very 
simple humbling of ourselves and opening to another person can heal what looked like a giant rift that was impossible to heal. And actually, it only took this much love but only when we were willing to give it, only when we were willing to see it and admit it and then give it, give it. That's our tobacco. So what I wanna say um, as I close is that we are doing the best we can at this church and there is resistance to it. It's harder to do our hospitality on Sunday morning because I'm making people wash dishes instead of using paper plates. I bought plates enough and cups enough and silverware enough for this church community. Y'all didn't buy it. I bought it because it was that important to me. Enough for this church community to not have to use paper plates. And then, yes, we do have to wash them. Sorry about that. So say thank you to your hospitality team. It's not just about the food. And here's the last thing I want to say to you. It's a quote from Sister Joan Chittister. There is a task in life that is greater than any other task. We must find joy for ourselves and we must share it with others. This is not for you to feel bad. This is for you to find your joy. Because when you find your joy, it's pretty much impossible not to share it. That's the way it works. I love you. Amen. Okay, you want to come up and um, yeah, sing as the, the the as one we walk this earth together again. Can we do that again, Joe? As one we walk. I just want to use the song to get into the meditation because it's such a beautiful song. As one we walk this earth together As one we sing to her our song As one we love her As one we heal her Her heart beats with our own as one As one we join with her, our mother. As one we feel her sacred song. As one we touch her. As one we heal her. Her heart beats with our own as one. So her heart, the heart of Mother Earth, beats with our own as one. Our hearts do not beat independently of each other. The energy that holds this planet together and keeps it from spinning into outer space is the energy that is us. It is not separate. And to feel we are a part of all of that is a great 
joy. It should not bring guilt, but it should bring joy. And so, in this moment, just breathe deeply for a moment. I know that with every breath you are breathing the love of God. You are breathing that which nurtures and sustains you. You are breathing the outbreath of the trees. And the trees are breathing the outbreath of you. We are in this sacred dance together. Find joy in it. Picture a tree in your mind, maybe one that's in your yard or nearby or in a park. Maybe the one's just right outside this window over here. And take a moment as you breathe to understand in very real ways, you are not separate from me. We are both beings of God, and I give you my thanks. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful that God is breathing me through the trees. That's what's really happening. And we were created in that energy of God, so we are love in form. We are love, breathing love from love back into love. And the process by which we do that is love. believe that in a moment, in just this moment, can you try to stretch your mind to believe that? We are involved in this process, this evolutionary process called love. We are love, breathing love that comes from love and exhaling love that goes into love and the process of breathing all of that, in and out, is love in itself. That is what the Buddha came to teach, is compassion, is there is nothing that is not a part of you. And so there's no reason to ever otherize it. That is the message of Jesus the Christ, love one another. Love God and love one another. Love. Love. We get bogged down in so much other language, but that is the message. It always was the message and it always will be the message. great part of that, it, it is not a labor to love. It is a joy to love and be loved. And so by increasing our awareness, even one tiny little jot, we are simply allowing more love 
into our consciousness and therefore into our lives. And as we allow more consciousness of love in, then we give more consciousness of love out. We become loving. And as we become loving, we see the effect of that and we know that we are loved. And it is a circle, a hoop that never ends, a hoop for good, for all, for all. What is good, truly good, not materially, momently, temporarily good, but what is truly good for any of us is good for all of us, because that's the way it works. You are love in expression. I am love in expression. I am you and you are me and together we are one. And so it is. Thank you. Thank you, God, and amen.